Welcome to The Truth About Taxes and Retirement. This podcast is brought to you by SavingYouTaxes.com and hosted by J. Barry Watts. As an advanced tax strategist and enrolled agent federally licensed by the IRS, Barry is uniquely qualified to go deeper into the Internal Revenue Code than most accountants. He understands and interprets its provisions explaining how they'll help you reduce income taxes you owe so you can direct that previously wasted tax money into tax-free accounts that you can enjoy in your retirement years. Now, on today's episode... Welcome to the truth about taxes and retirement. The reason it's important to consider those two things together is because taxes impact retirement. I'm Barry Watts, a tax strategist and retirement designer and your host. And today we're going to talk about tax increases that are being proposed in Washington, D.C. right now as we speak. My co-host is Senator Eric Burleson, chairman of the Small Business and Industry Committee of the Missouri State Senate. And when he's not in Jefferson City legislating, Eric's non-governmental job back home in his district is to work as a tax strategist and retirement designer for SavingYouTaxes.com. So, Eric, welcome to the show today. It's great to be here. Well, we're excited that you're here, and I want to start by asking you a question, putting you on the spot here. When somebody retires, what do you think their greatest expense is going to be? You know, I know a lot of people worry about health care. But I think that from our experience, we know it's it's not always healthcare that is the most expensive thing for folks. So what is it? I think taxes. Taxes are going to be the greatest expense. You know, the government's done an interesting thing in how they've hidden taxes from us by having it taken out of our paychecks for all those years that we work. So it's kind of invisible. People don't think about it. They sort of kind of don't realize they're paying it except once a year when they swap some paperwork around. And in those cases, often they get a check back instead of having to send one in. They're so excited they got a check back, not realizing it was your own money they sent back to you. Yeah. And government's good at doing that with all the taxes. They like to embed it, for example, in your mortgage payment. And so when well, people, once they pay off their home, then they're shocked to realize how much they actually are paying in taxes. We should do something about that if we knew anyone who had any kind of authority or power. So maybe we'll work on that on a different podcast. Taxes are a, a bigger impact on retirement than healthcare costs. That's certain. Now, health is important, obviously, in retirement because you can't enjoy an active retirement if you're not healthy. But the actual biggest cost in retirement isn't health care. It's taxes. And people don't tend to think about taxes when they're planning for retirement. They tend to think in gross before tax sort of numbers. For example, if you make $100,000 a year and you're ready to retire, well, if you've got $2 million in your 401k, you might think, oh, I've got enough money to last in retirement for 20 years. But that's not true. Eric, do you know why it's not true? Because especially if it's in, a, if it's in an IRA, it's not a Roth IRA, then the government has its claim on a lot of that money that's in that, that's in that account. So to take out 100000 you might need to actually take out 130000 pay 30000 in taxes That's right. to have 100000 net for yourself. And so if that were your math, instead of having 20 years worth of money, now you've only got 15 years of money left in your account. And if tax rates increase, as we say they're going to, and as Joe Biden says he wants them to, and as the math says they're going to have to, well, then the amount you set aside for taxes is going to increase so that your money will last for an even shorter period of time before you run out. And that's why tax policy is so important. 
And it's why we have to pay attention to tax policy as it's being considered by the legislature and the Congress and what its impact will be on individual business owners and retirees. So here's what we're going to do on today's show. We're going to look at some, not all, of the tax policy initiatives that President Biden has called for. We're going to assume that these are likely to become law because Democrats control the presidency, the House, and the Senate. So they ought to get done what they want unless they're as inept as Republicans were back in 2016 to 2018 when they controlled all three and didn't get anything done. But we're going to assume that that this may occur. And if it does, there will be some significant tax difference. So what we're talking about today really isn't about politics, Republican or Democrat. It's about what's likely to become new tax law and what steps, if any, we can take to avoid becoming caught in the current tax traps that are being set for taxpayer. How about that? Well, uh, will that be a good investment of your time today, Eric? That sounds like it sounds like especially today, this is what people need to be thinking about with this transition. Well, you know, the problem with this is we've already had some people tune out in the podcast. And the reason I know that is because tax talk just isn't that exciting. Oh, I get excited about taxes. <laughs> <laughs> well, but you're kind of a nerd. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, Appreciate yeah, that. no problem. Well, I'm in it in the sweetest kind of sense. You're a sweet nerd. Um, I, I know that guys like you really enjoy, actually, the, the uh, analytics of all that. But I think the average person on the street doesn't enjoy it, doesn't understand it, doesn't know how to think about it. So, so we're going to try to make this as exciting and as understandable as we possibly can today to help you, the listener, understand why it matters to you. And we're going to talk at length about three different proposals that are currently being considered. And, the first, and to your point, there are a lot more than just these three. Oh, yeah. And, and, and we'll mention a couple more, but there are really 10, 12, maybe 15 that are being considered. Um, but these three are the ones that really uh, have the rubber hit the road in the easily explained way today. The first one is simply the elimination of the step up in basis. Now, your eyes are perhaps already glazing over. Eric, explain to us what basis is. So basis is, is the original investment of, of whatever that you purchase. So if you purchased a home um, and the original purchase price was $100,000 and then at, you, you sold it for $500,000 later, uh, you know, your original basis was the original purchase price. That's correct. What you spent. Yep. Basis is what you invested. And when you sell that investment somewhere later on down the road, and we're referring to a home as an investment in this case, um, well, you won't have to pay a tax on your basis when it is returned to you. You just pay a tax on any gain that you might have. So if you put $100,000 into a property, sit on it 30 or 40 years, sell it for a million dollars later, well, when you get your million dollars out of it, you'll have $100,000 worth of basis that's not taxable. And you'll have $900,000 worth of gain that is all taxable. And under current law, you could pay as much as $180,000 in tax on that gain. You took all the risk. You're the person who stuck your neck out there. But when you actually made money on the investment, whether it was the piece of real estate or whether it was a stock in your investment account, the government reaches out and takes 20% of whatever you produce in the process. Isn't that just like the government? Right. Now, Barry, actually, I think I've shared this with you before. My view on this is that it's actually worse because when you, when you purchased, say, 100 acres 50 years ago, the, whatever the value, whatever the cost that you paid in U.S. dollars at that time, 
at the end of the day, you were still only worth, you were worth that hundred acres, whatever the price of the, of the so if you purchased it for a hundred thousand dollars, you know, the day hundred thousand dollars bought 100 acres. And then if you fast forward to today, you're still worth 100 acres. The value of that land in U.S. dollars might be worth a million, but that's only because the, our federal government print has printed so much money that the money is worth less, not your land is worth more. And that's what I think is so oh, really, really uh, despicable about capital gain taxes in particular because you're oftentimes taxing people on what the government is overprinting. So not only are they not only are they diminishing your value of your money that's in the in the in the bank account not being invested, but whatever you invest, they're going to tax you on because of the depreciation of the dollar. Well, you're absolutely right in that analysis, and there is one uh, perhaps bright spot in all of this, and it's how these are being handled currently. How step up basis, step up in basis is handled currently. So let's change this whole scenario. And let's say instead of this being your house that you bought and sold later and had to pay a tax on or your stock or whatever it was, let's say it's your mom and dad's farm. And let's say that mom and dad, you know, they put the hundred thousand in the farm back in 72. They raised you and your siblings there, and they've still got the little garden out back and the little fishing pond and your kids love to go fish there and whatever it is. You go back here for Christmas and Thanksgiving and all the family events and so forth. But the time comes when mom and dad die and you inherit the farm. Now, under current law, when you inherit the farm, your basis in that property would step up from the original $100,000 that mom and dad gave for the farm to the a million dollars that the farm is worth today. So if you then turned around and sold the farm for a million dollars, then you wouldn't have any tax due. All the tax was avoided on that $900,000 because the current law says at death, you get a step up in basis. But the step up in basis is being eliminated or it's proposed to be eliminated. So now you'll not only lose your parents, but you'll inherit a $180,000 tax liability when they die. And so we need to come up with some solutions for that. And uh, Eric, you're the guy who writes the law. So why don't you tell us what the brilliant solutions are for that? Well, there's not really, if that's what they're going to do, there's not really a lot that you can do other than maybe do a 1035 exchange or another um, piece of property. But that the other day, until you actually then um, transact out of that property um, and hopefully, or by then hopefully you would have a different set of lawmakers that might change the law again. But well, you know, if basis goes away, if the step up goes away, there isn't really anything you can do. You can give the property away to charity uh, and then you wouldn't have to pay that tax or, or you could do a 1035 exchange, which is a tax-free exchange, but you'd have to buy another piece of real estate. So your money is really tied up, locked into this piece of real estate. It's not really your money to go and do what you want to with it. Right. It's locked into the real estate. And right. imagine See. if that were a $5 million farm or a $10 million farm, your tax on that could be a million or $2. And Eric, I know you're a big freedom guy. If your money's all tied up because of the taxes in this real estate and you can't get out of it, what does that say to freedom? Right. Yeah. You would basically be, if you're in that scenario, unless you had some other political situation occur, or maybe you, you ended up in a situation where you had a, 
a huge um, deduction or a loss in some other event, you really would be stuck with that, uh, with owning that land until the this, this status quo changed. So one of the things being proposed right now is the elimination of the step up in basis. And that's just something you have to be aware of and consider as you're doing your financial and tax planning. Now, the second thing we want to talk about today is another proposal for an increase in taxes. And this would be for increasing the social security taxes on wages that you earn. Currently, every wage earner has uh, social security held out of their paycheck. And uh, usually on the check stub, it'll say something like FICA. And the amount that gets held out of that, Eric, quick study, how much is it? Well, it's out of your personal, it's 6.2%. So we're only paying 6.2% to Social Security? No, because your employer also has to pay as well. So so whatever your employer is paying you, he's really, or she is really paying you 6.2% more at least. So for a total of of Social Security payment. Yeah, that's exactly right. So if you're self-employed, there isn't any employer, you're it, you're both sides of the transaction, you pay 12.4% from your earnings into Social Security. But this payment of 12.4% only applies to the first $142,800 that you earn. So all the money you earn after that $142,800, you don't pay any Social Security tax on that. But that is about to change. So President Biden has made a proposal. Eric, why don't you unpack that proposal for us a little bit? So his proposal is to restart. So basically, as you continue to earn more money, if your income goes anything above $400,000, then you'd begin paying again on, on whatever income goes beyond that. Now, to back up a little bit, the question I think everybody ought to be asking is, why does why do they stop taxing you after the first 142,000? And the answer is that they're not going, the benefit is not going to get any better for you. They're not going to increase your social security checks when you retire. If you're, if you're someone making $400,000 a year, they're, they're not going to pay you a social security that's, uh, that's, that's anywhere close to what you're used to. Uh, that's why they are they stopped collecting after the first 142,000 because they're not going to uh, pay people any more than that in retirement. So that's the idea is that if they're not going to col- if they're not going to pay once you retire, then they certainly shouldn't be taking that much out of your income. But that's a different philosophy for a di- from a different time period. Today's philosophy is more of a redistribution of wealth philosophy, which is why they or that's why they want to tax the rich or soak the rich, but yet not give them any of the benefits from the increased taxation. So the proposal that's currently on the table would be that we'll still shut off at $142,800 and not charge social security beyond that until you get to 400,000. And then we will reinstate and start charging a social security tax again on that. Now, go ahead. And you know how all this works, Barry. What this will, this, all the schemers in Washington think that they're going to cause all this money to flow in, but you and I know it's just going to cause more people to become creative and, and figure out how to not 
have their salary be above $400,000. Well, you know, a lot of people aren't even going to have to be creative because for people who are under the $400,000, it won't matter. But there are many people, particularly small business owners like our clients, to whom it will matter a lot. And they'll be paying $12,400 of every $100,000 they earn plus the 32 to 37% in federal income tax they're also paying already, plus 6% in state income tax they're also paying. So on top of that roughly 40, 43%, they're going to pay another 12%. They're getting up to an awfully close, maybe over 50% of everything they earn paid in tax. Right. Before they start paying sales tax. <laughs> or, or property taxes. Maybe we could uh, maybe we could move to Texas and not pay sales tax. I don't know. There's an idea, but uh, I won't ask you to comment on it since it might uh, violate your oath as a senator in the state of Missouri. So fortunately, there are some solutions to this particular problem. And the solution is simply if you're a business owner, uh, they have the ability, business owners do, to control how they take their income. So they may want to reduce their salary so that it's under $400,000. And then they take anything that's beyond that out in the form of a distribution on which they won't pay a tax, a social security tax. And similarly, if you're an employee and you're earning more than $400,000, well, you may want to go back and renegotiate with your employer to receive a salary that's lower, but then another portion of your income on a 1099 basis instead of a W-2 basis, so that you can get some of the benefits like a business owner would get those benefits. And you would therefore maybe be able to reduce or avoid the additional social security tax you would pay. You see, it's really just about rearranging the labels on money that you're already earning. And you're That's absolutely right. right. Savvy people uh, are always able to be one step above the government regulations or one step ahead of the government regulations in sidestepping these sort of things. And you understand the sidesteps are perfectly legal. It's what the tax That's code right. says in it. But the average person who isn't paying attention and who's preoccupied by all the other things that we have to occupy our attention, they get run over by this tax train because they don't know it's coming until it hits them and they didn't know what to do to avoid it. So there is a third tax increase that's been proposed that we'll talk about just briefly, and that's increasing the taxes on corporations and high-earning individuals. Now, currently, corporations pay a 21% tax, and the proposal is to raise that to 28%. Now, when you do the math, well, 28 minus 21, that's only seven percentage points in increase, or is it? seven percentage points of increase when the current tax is 21%. Well, seven is a third of 21. It's really a 33% increase in the tax that corporations pay. Now, right. let me just, Eric, let me ask you, if you've got a business and you got a 33% increase in your expenses across the board, what would you have to do in your business? Now, you're going to have to raise prices. Because mo especially when most businesses are operating on a very slim margin. So you're going to pass that increase back to your customers. That's right. So really, when the government gets more tax this way out of businesses, that tax is really coming from you, the citizens, the customers, just flowing through that business to go on to the government. And that's the way it works with all cost increases. You know, they ultimately flow down to the individual. Right now, one of the popular things being bantered about is a, a $15 minimum wage. 
good, bad, whatever you think about it, the simple fact is the local restaurant is going to take that increase in the wages they have to pay, and they're going to hike the price of the food. There is no other way to pay for that particular governmental requirement. So you need to realize that these increasing taxes on government and on individuals uh, ultimately always flow back to the middle class, working class people who always have been and are even today the heartbeat of the country. Yeah. You know, I always call the minimum wage the burger price, because if you've ever noticed, it's about the price to get a fast food burger is what the going minimum wage is in any community. And so when people suggest raising the price of minimum wage from $8 to $10, $15, well, guess what? That's what it's going to cost you to get a to get a Happy Meal or get a to get a Big Mac meal at your local uh, fast food chain. So that kind of solution doesn't really change anything. I mean, it sounds good because because everybody's like, oh wow, I'd like to earn more. Um, but when you really do the math and realize, well, you're just going to pay more for everything you get, it didn't solve the problem. Now to that per- particular topic, which is a little bit off of our our topic today, I don't really know what the exact solution is to that. Uh, I don't think there probably is one in terms of uh, requiring uh, a higher wage. But uh, the, the important lesson that I want everybody to understand is how these increases in expense and costs flow through to the individual right. taxpayer on the street, which is mom and pop America who are trying to buy those hamburgers for themselves and for their grandkids. Right. At the end of the day, and this is economists who prove this, that that it's the, it's the, cons- the person that actually consumes the final product that that pays the ultimate tax well and if you are one of those if you're one of those consumers not only are you going to get the chance to pay that kind of tax that's being passed through from corporations but uh if you're in the top tax rate that's going to increase from 37 percentage points to 39.6 percentage points that's about a seven percent actual increase in taxes Plus, if anybody earns over a million dollars, then their capital gains are going to be replaced with ordinary income tax. So capital gains right now are at the most 20%, 15% for some people. But in this case, those capital gains are going to go from 20% to 39.6%. Now, I've got simple wow. hillbilly math in my mind. That's just a hair shy of a 100% increase in taxes, a doubling of taxes, and that should really get the attention of people who are doing super well. Wow. So we need a solution. <clears throat> What's the solution? Well, the solution is you've got to manage your tax brackets so you stay in the lower brackets. And you do that by implementing strategies like we have often talked about on this show so that you have greater deductions and you hold your assets in different types of accounts because the tax structure on those accounts is different. And as a result, you pay less on overall tax. And we routinely see business owners reduce income tax by $100,000 or more. And that amount is going to grow if these proposed tax increases are put into place. So today we've unpacked a few of the specific proposals. Time won't allow us to dive into all of them. For example, there's a, a proposed financial transaction tax of something like 1%. So every time you buy an investment, buy a stock or bond or mutual fund, you'd pay a 1% tax. And every time you sell it, you'd pay a 1% tax. And then when you go to reinvest the money, you'd pay a 1% tax again, even in your IRA accounts. Um, 
if you're a business owner, you benefit from the 20% qualified business income deduction. And as a business owner, I can tell you, that's a really big deal. Well, there's a proposal to eliminate or severely restrict that uh, deduction. So the big message is this. America was on an unsustainable path before COVID ever hit. The purchasing power of your dollar was reduced by 37% in 2020 because the government printed 37% more money than we had on January 1. We've got 37% more dollars out there chasing really the same basket of goods and services. And they just handed that money out to anybody who, who qualified. We went to all kinds of crazy places. So uh, the government then has increased its debt, but it hasn't increased the economic production of the country. Now, now let me put that in terms that might make more sense to you. Imagine that you lost your job. So your economic production has not increased, right? And as a result of going, of losing your job, you go out and you get a million dollar mortgage on a new house at the same time. Well, that seems kind of silly, doesn't it? Borrowing a million dollars when your production has gone down, you may have to get a job at the get and go or the quick stop just to pay for groceries. But that's exactly what Washington has done. They've increased their debt while shutting down much of the economic engine of the country. And there is a day of reckoning coming for this. The first one, in fact, is coming in 2023, when the government's own reports say that in that year, the trust fund that funds Medicare Part A will go to zero. There won't be anything left in the trust fund. Now, now people will still be paying money into Medicare, so there will be money coming in, so there can be some money going out, but there won't be any cushion left. And the result of this was is that hospitals will immediately lose 10 to 15% of their Medicare income. Now, Eric, uh, you used to work in a hospital setting uh, in an administrative kind of role. Tell us what you know about how a 10 to 15% reduction in income from Medicare will impact the local hospital. Well, greatly. Hospitals, their margin is usually less than half a percent. And wow. that's their that's their uh, what they're operating on is that level of a margin. They're lucky to get that. In fact, uh, around the United States, you've seen many rural hospitals shut down. Um, yes. already because because of honestly it's because of the a lot of the regulations that occurred because of Obamacare and and the uh, and the um, American Recovery and Reinvestment Act that required uh, meaningful use criteria so hospitals have have increased demands um, regulatory demands and yet um, and, and ironically even with uh, with this all this regulation about Obamacare uh, there's, there's not as much money going to medicine. It's really going to pay for the administrative costs, the government costs, the bureaucratic costs and insurance costs. Well, you know, my physician friends all complain that they really don't get to control their billing anymore because they just have to accept what Medicare says they'll pay, that it's been managed and negotiated in that way. And that's why sharp people are leaving the medical world anymore. Um, so I think there's a, a lot of problems coming. The first of those are really going to ripen off in 2023. And shortly after that, Social Security hits a similar kind of problem that will, as it currently stands, require a 20 to 25% cut across the board on Social Security. Now, how palatable is that going to be when your Social Security check gets cut? It's not. And I don't even pretend to think that your congressman and your senator are actually going to cut your Social Security check. So what are they going to do? Well, one of the things that they may do is elect to borrow more money, print more money, dig our grave deeper. So there are some political changes that must take place in Washington, D.C. 
And Eric and I like to talk political things, and it's easy for us to get off onto that. But the simple fact is, you can't wait on those political changes. What you need to do is make structural changes in your income and your investments now so that you can sidestep this oncoming freight train of higher taxes. And fortunately for you, that's exactly what we do. Help business owners and retiring individuals restructure their income and investments so they can either reduce or in some cases eliminate the taxes they are required to pay. And that means their money will last longer and that tax increases won't matter so much because they've moved all or a portion of their money outside of the tax bullseye. So they are earning tax-free income or tax-advantaged income. So if those are the kinds of things that interest you, then there are a couple of things that you can do. First of all, go to savingyoutaxes.com and do what Mr. Moore from Northwest Arkansas did this week. Pick up the phone and call us. And we'll schedule a time to talk about how these things work and how they might apply to you and see if it's possible for us to be of help to you. And since you're listening anyway, why don't you please be sure and click the subscribe button on the podcast. So every time you have a new uh, podcast that is posted, you'll get access to that podcast. And you can even click share while you're there. And you can text or email the podcast link to a friend who might also be interested. For savingyoutaxes.com, I'm Barry Watts. And I'm Eric Burleson. And this has been The Truth About Taxes and Retirement. Thank you for listening to The Truth About Taxes and Retirement podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of SavingYouTaxes.com. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for professional tax and investment advice. Always seek the advice of your own qualified advisor with any questions you may have regarding taxes and investing.